Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting, and welcome to another episode of Founders and Friends. And before we start the podcast, let's give a quick shout out to Rippling. Rippling is the new cool payroll tool that we see a lot of startups using. Rippling is great for your traditional HR and payroll. They integrate very nicely. But guess what? They did another thing. They integrate into your IT infrastructure. They make it really easy for when you hire someone to spin up all the web services and their computer, which sounds kind of like not a huge deal. But actually, we did the study at Cruise. We spend $420 on average just getting a new employee's computer up and running and their web service up and running. It's actually a really big deal. It saves a lot of money. And the dogs are eating the dog food. Like We see a lot of startups coming in to Cruise now using Rippling. So please check out Rippling. Great service. We love it. I think we have a podcast with Parker Conrad. You can hear it from his own words, but we're seeing them take market share. So shout out to Rippling. And now to another awesome podcast at Cruise Consulting's Founders and Friends. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and Friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and Friends with your host, Scotty Olm. Welcome to Founders of Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Mangit Ng of Anvil. Welcome, Mangit. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So I, I have been excited about this conversation because I, I, a friend of mine in the accounting world had actually sent me your website and like a little video tutorial probably two months ago. And so I've really been looking forward to talking to you and I tried it out. And so I think people are going to be really excited about the Anvil as a tool. But maybe you can just start off by by retracing your career a little bit and telling us how you had the idea for Anvil. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was not always an entrepreneur, obviously. Uh, but the idea of becoming an entrepreneur was really seated with my Montessori school education. They definitely taught me to be very curious. And it also taught me a lot about responsibility. So I think that seeded the idea. But after graduating from the University of Michigan, I came out to California to work at Cisco Systems. And this was during the recession. You know, it was the only job offer I got. So you you get what you get, right? So I took it. Which which recession? 08 <laughs> or, or 2001? This was 08. So dating myself okay, here yeah. a little bit, but they both apply. They both apply. They both apply. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, I did that for about nine months, I believe. I actually interned there twice and then worked there for full time for nine months before really kind of jumping into the startup scene. I was fortunate enough to be a very early employee at Dialpad as a software engineer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There I really learned a lot about starting a company, but I will say that it was pretty smooth sailing there. I mean, Craig was a third time founder, so he knew what he was doing and he never really felt any of the imminent threat that you probably feel at other startups. So I joined another startup, this time it was called Loom. It was a YC company. And fortunately, within five months, we were acquired by Dropbox. And so I was at wow. Dropbox for a good two and a half years and really, really built out my network then. After Dropbox, bounced around a little bit. Um, but then eventually, it just felt like it was time for me to start my own thing. And the network really helped me kind of get started. The, the people I met at Dropbox was was really helpful and beneficial to that process. That's amazing. It's almost like I love working at those kind of companies. Like I worked at Hamburg and Quest, JP Morgan. It was like that for me where like it kind of sets your career up quite a bit, you know, and I'm one of the things I'm excited about Cruise is like, I think we're, we're not obviously Dropbox or JP Morgan HQ, but like you have this really big extended network and it 
like you said, you, you not only did you probably learn a lot of skills, but you built out your network and you know a lot of people and it makes doing the next thing a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say don't undersell yourself. I'm sure I'm sure that network is going to be very valuable. <laughs> yeah, no, we're getting there. We're getting there. What was the the thing that like just sparked Anvil? I think paperwork is generally viewed as a universally hated process, but people <laughs> kind of just deal with it, right? You as a consumer, you only have to fill out forms every once in a while. It's pretty episodic. So you, you just deal with the pain. For myself, the realization that there was something here was when I was applying for a mortgage and the banker emailed me a PDF form that was asking for my social security number, asking for my address, phone number, birth date, and said, please fill this out and email it back to me. And as any software engineer, the first thing would... I'm starting to laugh because the social security number one is like such a no-no. Yeah, keep going. Exactly. That's what. That's one of the reasons I liked Anvil in the first place. So keep going. Yeah. It, it, so so it was it was just a, such a security issue. And then on top of that, the PDF. Yeah, it's crazy. It's terrible. The PDF was impossible to fill out on my computer. It was not a fillable PDF. So it was just easier to print it out and take a picture of it and attach it and. Um, that's when I really started thinking about this problem and digging into this problem. So I, cause we have the same thing. We're like, I think we're, we're super security focused. So like, I'm sure, I'm sure in the past when we were, you know, first getting going, we were winging it and sending, you know, PDFs like a W9, for example, would be something where people would request a W9, but we've gotten, we really have religion around not sending social security numbers around through email because especially as an accounting firm, like we're a registered CPA firm. So like we're regulated. So we just can't do that kind of stuff. Right. And so that was actually one of the reasons I saw you guys was my friend had done this online demo using the other loom and it showed like populating a W9 form, which for the audience, like every time you pay a contractor or an individual or like an LLC S corp, you have to see if they should get a 1099 or not. Mm -hmm. And so the IRS has this form on the website and the demo I saw of Anvil was pretty slick. Cause like you could basically use, you pull the IRS document down and then used Anvil to send it out to people and people would fill it out securely, which I, which I really like. I think that's a really great use case. And there's probably like, I'd love to talk about more use cases, but like that was secure. Like I got, I got exactly what you're doing in that moment. Yeah, definitely. I think security is a big, big focus for ourselves. Cause you know, that was an experience that I had personally. And we, we go to great lengths to try to encrypt all of the information and make sure, especially PII is like removed from the browser and not accessible. So we, we do go to Great Lakes to, to make sure our system's secure. Yeah, it's really amazing. So maybe you can talk, you had, before we turn the mics on, you had this really interesting way that you've kind of, for lack of a better word, like seeding the market or helping people get on Anvil and actually experience Anvil. Mm -hmm. Do you want to kind of, it's almost like a hack. Do you want to say how you do it? Yeah, sure. Here's our here's our secret sauce, everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we when we think of the market today, there's a lot of companies out there that are digital first. You know, they help you build forms like the Google forms, the type forms, and those are great. And we honestly think that's where the future is going. But what we realize in dealing with and talking to some of these legacy industries is that paperwork is actually the underpinning of almost all of these industries, paperwork and specifically PDFs. So our thought was, if we're trying to get somebody to move off a of PDF into the digital future, saying, here's a web form builder, just go build your web form is a little bit of a logical leap for a lot of these people. So we wanted to create a way for anyone to upload a PDF 
into Anvil. Then Anvil will help you extract the fields that need to be filled out and then help you generate a web form from that. Um, and then we also, on the back end, when you send out that web form, you know, we help you interface back to your existing processes, which is yep. we fill out that PDF, we send it to Signature um, so that you can continue operating as you have been. You just have a nicer interface to, to do that with. Yeah, yeah. which is really smart because like I'm, I'm technologically literate, but I'm not like a developer. So it would be it, like, you're kind of doing the dirty work for me in that I'm giving you like some form I need. And then you're basically building the web form for me, which then could take information and put it the PDF. I thought that was really smart. Cause like maybe a less adept, you know, you're, you're really thinking of your end customer in that respect, which I really like because for, for better or worse, there's a lot of like technologically literate, but not developer type of users out there like me. Mm-hmm that want to use your product. And so getting us kind of getting us getting going and make it easy for us is really cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I think the one, one thing that we found was really important was a lot of the people who have to fill out these forms don't actually have control over those forms. So they still need to fill out that form. Like the W9, for example, that's a government mandated form. You can't really get around not filling out that PDF. So Putting it to the PDF is still a valuable part of the process until yeah. until we modernize the the country. <laughs> and there's ne- there's nothing more de- depressing, as you said, than having a PDF and not being able to fill it out and having to print it out, write it in by hand, and then taking a picture of it and sending it to people. <laughs> exactly. I just did a mortgage app refinance application thing too, and I had to do a lot of that, and it was it was like depressing. There's something you said which I thought was really really amazing, which is that before we turn the mics on, you're like. Anvil adapts. It sounds like that's kind of like one of your corporate corporate mantras. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. So when we think about Anvil, we really like to think of Anvil as a toolbox or, or Lego pieces uh, for anybody to modernize and digitize their paperwork process. And so if you have a paperwork process in place and it's worked for you for 50 years, let's say, and it's worked great, Anvil just adapts to that existing process by digitizing the pieces that make sense. We're not prescriptive about how you use Anvil. We don't say, you know, if it's an account opening workflow, we don't we don't say we created the best account opening workflow, take your process today and adapt to our account work opening workflow software. Um, we really are about taking the pieces and reassembling it in a way that makes sense for your business and how you run your your company. What are the industries that this really works for? Like, where are you guys having success so far? There are a handful of industries kind of all across the spectrum, um, but we're pretty targeted towards banking and financial services institutions today. There's just a lot of paperwork, a lot of sensitive information. We actually were, uh, were working with a bank out in Minneapolis for the PPP application and forgiveness mm. process. That was a crazy time, I would say. You know, We went from first meeting to deployment of our software in six days and underwritten. We underwrote over $127 million in PPP loan applications. Wow. So That's amazing. Felt pretty good. That was, I, I was actually telling people around that time, it was probably the most challenging two weeks of my career, like in, in a bad way. <laughs> in a bad challenge because it was like the world was on fire. The government, it was actually a great program. I think, I think mm-hmm. it helped a lot of companies. Like I can see we have 300 clients, so I can see all the companies that helped. And we were like, inst- I think we did not all startups did PPP. So we did about 150 applications, but it was like, not only do we have like kind of our own company stress and own company issues or planning and things like that, but then we had to like help all these other companies, which is our job. And we did it gladly through their stressful process. 
and the government the government made this huge mistake by saying like hey the money might run out yeah before everyone gets it and so people were just people were insane it was not everyone like 95 percent of our clients were amazing but there was enough people where who were just like not not really good you know the greatest to work with at that moment <laughs> And so thank you for actually helping to alleviate some of that pressure for that bank. I mean, we, we worked with a couple, we worked with the big, you know, FRB, yep. SVB, the two big banks in, in Silicon Valley and New York and Santa Monica, but you probably extended some people's life lives, <laughs> you know, in that point, like there was, the stress was so great that like, I wouldn't be surprised if people were uh, having heart palpitations left and right. Well, thank you, thank you for that. I, I was, I will say it was definitely a, a group effort and the bank we worked with, I'll, I'll name them Sunrise Banks. They're an mm. amazing bank and actually a, a B Corp out in Minnesota. So they're one of the few mm. banks that I would say actually opened the application to people that were not at their, at oh, their bank. Wow. And that was that felt really good, which is we were actually helping people that would, would otherwise not have access to the PPP program. Yeah, that's really amazing. I mean, for those that don't know, because I was kind of on the front line of this, there was a bunch of banks that were not SBA verified lenders basically. And so they were telling their clients, including some of our clients that just, they just weren't going to do it. And then the banks who were SBA lenders like sunrise, it sounds like Mm -hmm. were helping as many as possible, but they were flooded from, from the customer bases of the banks that weren't going to do it. So it was this like real kind of messy swamp there. And so kudos to them. Like I wish I would have known about them at the time because that would have, I probably, I probably live until I'm uh, 80 instead of 75 or something like that now. Cause that was, that was some tough time, but that's great. And they probably, because your software, because Anvil went in there and automated so much of the form filling and the signatures, it probably really helped them scale their process. Um, I like to think so. Uh, I think uh, there was a statistic in an article, American banker article that was written about the, the process um, between us and sunrise and the the number was before implementing Anvil. So round one, they were doing I think it was like forty five or something, eighty eight or eighty uh, applications a day. And then after Anvil, it was like four hundred eighty five applications a day. So oh my god, that's amazing! Good for you. That's really cool. Hey, it's Scott Orner, Cruise Consulting. And before we get back to the podcast, quick shout out to ChartHop. ChartHop is one of my favorite new SaaS tools on the market. And basically what ChartHop does is it puts your org chart in the cloud. And I always like to say like it brings transparency to your organization. And so, you know, everyone in your organization can see who they report to. They can see the full org chart of the company and how their group relates to other groups. It also has a lot of information on the individuals in the company. And so you can click on the ChartHop profile and just get like where people live, their experience, you know, Slack handles, all this kind of stuff. And it's just a really great tool. The other thing is ChartOp has started doing some cool stuff around compensation and budgeting planning. And so you can actually start seeing like what the cost structure of the company look like during certain kind of scenarios. So I'm loving ChartOp. Check it out, chartop.com. We use it at Cruise, really like it. And I can't recommend it enough. All right, back to the podcast. So you're, you're doing really well in banking. Other is like... Technology companies, another another sector doing well. What are you doing for some of the tech startups? Yeah, so in in building out our our wo- workflow automation platform, we've you know created all of these 
these pieces that that help manage uh, both information gathering, PDF generation, signature requests. And we've opened up those pieces to technology companies so that they can interface with them over API. Oh, cool. Yeah. And we it, this was actually, it was really interesting. This was not an initial target market of ours, but our friends kept coming to us and asking, hey, I, I need to generate a w, W4 for my HR onboarding tech startup. Can you help me yeah. do that? And, you know, we realized we had all the tools and we had written APIs for ourselves. We just had to bundle it up in a nice manner for other people to, to consume. So now we have PDF generation APIs, uh, signature APIs. We have workflow APIs. If you want to have a, you know, maybe like an operations person build workflows, you can then interface with that workflow over API. Can you take a second to talk about like the signature aspect of that? Because I think that's, that's pretty powerful. A lot of times when I end up filling out a PDF, I was actually like printing out and signing it. It was, I was able to get the, all the info in except for the signature mm -hmm. stuff. And so that's the moment I have to print it out and sign it. Like, how does the, your signature work? Is it robust? Is it recognized? You know, is it, is it secure? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say our, our platform for signatures is, is extremely robust. We've tried, we've tested it and like stress tested it many times. The way it works is we actually have a valid, uh, valid and recognized a security certificate. So when you sign using our Anvil Etch signature platform um, and then open that PDF in Adobe or in any other PDF system, um, you'll see there's this, uh, this signing certificate in there and it says it's a valid signature. So we, we definitely try to follow all of the, the rules around implementing e-signature and then also went and got the e-signature certificates that, that make it. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really great. What have you seen on the accounting firm front? Like I'm obviously I'm telling you about my, I'm kind of surprising you with telling you about my friend. Yeah. Have you seen some good workflows that crews should be adopting on the, with using Anvil? Anything that has to do with paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> we still do. I mean, we're super digital, but we still yeah. do paper. Last night I was, you know who you need to talk to is legal zoom. Please get into, please sell something like we, we made, we incorporated legal zoom like six years ago. Yeah. Six years ago. And pro like probably, you know, we're too young and not naive and didn't know what we should, what we were doing. And so last night I actually found myself scanning a giant incorporation, you know, mm -hmm. important papers book. Uh, and sending it to our lawyer. So that's that's one. Like, get in there, please. Please get them on the horn. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to get legal zoom in. Actually, we we incorporated using Stripe Atlas. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if any any listeners out there are are plugged into Stripe, please let us know because we want to help Stripe generate those those incorporation documents. Right now, they provide you a library to fill out, but I think we can do a lot to generate those incorporation documents make those signatures instant and hopefully make that process just nicer for everybody. That's awesome. We actually have some friends. We, you can probably imagine we have a lot of clients using Stripe. And so we have some friends over there, so I can, we'll take it offline <laughs> and make a few entries for you. Uh, that's fantastic. Where do you see, like, what, what problem are you most excited about in the future to use Anvil to tackle? Yeah. So this is going to get a little bit meta here, and I apologize. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, I like what you're doing. So well, when we view paperwork, we really think of it as the old school way of collecting data and interfacing with, with clients, right? It, it's the before there was a 
digital online kind of like experience, it was PDFs. People come in, fill out a form or printed it uh, a form. So we actually view Anvil really as more of a data collection platform. Um, and right now today, we'll generate PDFs as part of that process because the world still runs on PDFs. But going forward, we really want to enable this ability to share data between businesses, between clients and businesses in order to help them provide provide a service uh, more efficiently. And the need for the PDF kind of goes away because the PDF is really just the medium by which you transfer that information. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's almost like, um, that's great. That's almost like a Netflix style pivot or jump. Like the physical DVDs were a way for them to get the streaming. And what you're saying is like, unfortunately, PDF and paper and things like that is still part of our world, but eventually it'll all be digital and you guys will be the glue in between a lot of services collecting that data. That's the hope. We're happy to you know fade away into the background, but keep the system running. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. What I mean, you said you worked at Dialpad, which Dialpad owns Uber Conference, right? Yep, that's correct. So we were an Uber Conference user for a long time, really like Uber Conference. You said it was like pretty smooth sailing. Is there something that you took for granted there that now that you're running a company, you're like, holy, holy cow, I can't believe that was that easy. And I can't believe how spoiled I was working for that smooth ship at Dialpad. Yeah, absolutely. I think in my time at Dialpad, so I was really early around, I think I was like the seventh person somewhere around there. I was just a young software engineer. They took a, they took a chance on me and I was super lucky to learn how to be a professional software engineer from all of these Google yeah. um, engineers. But I think a couple things. One, at, at Dialpad, they really understood, or the engineers really understood engineering process and how to be a good engineer. So I learned a lot of my engineering chops there. It was really a learning environment. And then also, at a lot of startups, you're always worried about running out of money, or you're always worried about not having the you know, benefits that you would have at bigger companies. And at, at Dialpad, I never felt like that because I guess, you know, Craig just did such a good job running the company. Um, I never had to worry that my job was on the line or the company wasn't going to be there in a year. It just felt like I got all of the benefits of a big company, but all the ownership that I would have gotten at a smaller company. And it was, it was really empowering. That's a really, that's a great way of saying like, cause I know when we hire people at Cruise, like we're 70 people now, but I still remember when we were five people and 12 people and 20. And like, I still think this applies to us, but like, you're right, you come in and we're willing to give you just so much responsibility and so much leeway. And we understand you're going to be learning. And I've worked in places where that was, you know, I've been very fortunate in my career. Pretty much everywhere I've worked has been like that. Mm -hmm. But I worked worked at a big bank after we were acquired, after H&Q was acquired. And it 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 was not the same mentality. And, uh, and that's what led me back to the startup world. And it's, it's really cool that you experienced that and now can bring that to Anvil, put your own fingerprints on it, but, but have that same kind of core value of, of letting people, you know, letting people discover who they are and how to be an engineer and how to build amazing products. Yeah. I think that's, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think probably one policy at Dialpad that really exemplified this and, you know, we've carried on in Anvil was very early on, we had the two-day work-from-home policy, mm. and it was great because it meant the days that we were in the office, we were all in the office together, and it was extremely yep. efficient to do the planning, to do the, comp- the meetings, 
And the other days, you just had heads down time to build and work on what you needed to work on. I think that just gives people the flexibility, but also the ownership and the time to be their own kind of like person and, and work on the things that they need to work on. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. We're, we're a distributed company. Mm-hmm. So we've been like that for two years. So we got we got kind of lucky doing that before COVID. But, I'm, but accounting is kind of like software, uh, like writing software in that you're super focused you're in the weeds. And so having that time, like you said, for at least a couple of days where you could focus is really, really valuable. I'm a pretty big fan of that. That's amazing. Well, you built a really cool company. I'm excited to use you guys in like in more stuff. And um, I'll probably be the annoying guy who emails you and says like, how do I, how do I do this? You know, I mean, but we're an early adopter. So, you know, coach me and I'll probably coach a lot of people on how to we, do it. We welcome those um, emails. I think those emails are honestly a great window into the minds of our users and helps us helps us build a better product. And so yeah, those are all welcome. <laughs> awesome. Well, maybe you can tell everyone just how to find Anvil, how to reach out to you or the company if they're interested in being a customer or just learning more. Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking to reach out to Anvil, check us out at www.useanvil.com. That's U-S-E-A-N-V-I-L. Uh, you can also email us at hello at useanvil.com. Currently, that email will go out to like 90% of the companies. So somebody will see it. I guarantee you that. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, and we look forward to hearing from everybody. Cool. Yeah. And it's it, like I said, I, I was introduced to you by a friend, Jason Stats, who's a CPA, who's a friend of mine. And you're doing something right when you're getting in front of those like super early adopters. So congratulations to you. And I'm excited to see where you take Anvil. Thank you very much. And it was it was great being on the show today. All right, man. I will catch you later and really appreciate your time. Thanks. So when your troubles are mounting in tax or accounting, you go to Cruise. Founders and friends. It's Cruise Consulting. Founders and friends with your host, Scotty Scotty. Oh.